0: Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 57, recorded Friday, April 23rd, 2021. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hi again everyone, and thanks for listening to Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Sincerpino. I'm coming to you again on a Friday as our Sundays are getting quite booked up with classes as we are really kicking off the dive season here in the Northeast. Next weekend, we'll be heading down to Dutch Springs in Pennsylvania, and that's where we're going to work with the dive masters on finishing up a lot of their course, as well as some IDC open water training, and then the crew will be doing some tech training for their trip to Michigan for some Great Lakes wreck diving later this year. Personally, I am just as happy with some early season warm water and warm weather diving in Nassau. That trip is only a month away. We weren't able to get down there last year, and this will be a welcome return. Stand by, Stuart. We're on our way. On today's show, I'm going to again cover some scuba equipment history when I talk a little bit about Poseidon, a company I knew very little about but has a fascinating past. But first, we'll kick off episode 57 with our news and information segment, Wet Notes. So let's get started. This is Wet Notes for April 23rd, 2021, here on Scuba Shack Radio. First up, just after I recorded the last episode, President Biden released his 2022 budget. Well, if you're a fan of the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, you'll be happy. In the budget proposal released on April 9th, the president proposed a record budget of $6.9 billion for NOAA. Now, how does that compare? Well, this year, NOAA's budget is $4.6 billion. Wow, that's a big increase. This budget really supports taking action on climate change, protecting marine mammals, the ocean, Great Lakes, and coastal communities. If you recall, the previous administration had proposed cutting NOAA's budget, only to have it restored by Congress. Now, This is just a first step in the budget proposal. It has a long way to go to get congressional approval, but I think it's a very good first step. Now here's something that's really interesting. I read this in the Cayman Compass online. It's about a Grand Cayman Northside family that found a message in a bottle. Yeah, on Easter, I think it was, the family was out walking on a remote part of the island, a place called the Parrot Sanctuary. I think this is on the east end. Well, that's where Patricia da Costa and her family recovered an emerald-colored bottle with a handwritten message inside. The note said, Thrown into the ocean on 6 December 2017, somewhere between the Bahamas and Florida. If you find this, drop us a line and let us know where it ended up. Signed by Darren and Shannon from Evansville, Illinois, and it gave their email address. So Patricia emailed them with the news, and now Darren and Shannon are planning to visit Grand Cayman at some point. As for the bottle... The DaCosta family is planning to put their own note in the same bottle and send it back out to sea. What an incredible journey. It's here, the second quarter edition of the Journal of Diving History magazine. It arrived in the mail just after the last show. This latest edition's cover story was written by Chris Cole, and it is about the divers who worked on the Edgewater disaster. It was one of the worst maritime disasters in U.S. history. I'll leave it at that, and you can do some of your own research. But it was a really interesting article. There is also an interview in the edition done by Michael Minuto with Dick Rutkowski, and he's dubbed the father of nitrox. Again, some really interesting stuff. I highly recommend that you take a look at the Historical Diving Society's website. If you become a member... You'll get the journal mailed to you every quarter. A pleasant surprise in your mailbox. I received an email from a friend a few weeks ago with the subject line, Serenity. So who can't use a little Serenity? How about Serenity now? Well, it turns out that my friend was asked by her son to watch some cameras for a school project. These live cams were from the Monterey Bay Aquarium. So I went to the link, and it took me to their landing page for nine different cameras. I'm not going to list them all right now, but you can peek in on their penguins, sea otters, or moon jellies. There is even a camera for Monterey Bay itself. Personally, I like to observe my sea life while diving, but these live cams from Monterey Bay Aquarium can fill in and provide that little bit of serenity. Now, here's something interesting that came in from Shearwater. You know, the makers of the dive computers? They have a contest that's going to be starting up in May called the Spring Shopping Spree. And the winner will get a $4,999 shopping spree at the dive shop of their choice. And here's how it works. If you purchase the Shearwater computer in April or if you buy one in May... You can register for the contest with our online portal with a proof of purchase. But you don't have to buy a computer to participate. You'll also be able to register by completing a short 50-word essay on why you like Shearwater computers. The lucky winner will be selected at the end of May, and it's another great way to support your local dive shop. Thanks, Shearwater, for doing this. And finally, there was a short article from Patty on April 20th about their meeting with the Moldavian government to confirm the protection for sharks. There was some speculation out there that the Moldavian government might be lifting the shark fishing ban in their country's waters. Well, this can't be good. Over 10 years ago, Patty, along with others, helped to establish this current protection. So, the PADI staff met with the Moldavian Ministry of Fisheries, Marine Reserves, and Agriculture's lead, Zaha Wahid. Well, here's some good news here. At the meeting, Minister Wahid said that they were committed to sustainable and responsible management. On April 20th, the ministry released a statement that said, The Maldives does not intend to permit a targeted shark fishing in the Maldives. Great job, Patty, and great job, Maldives, for protecting these critical apex predators. Well, that's it for Wet Notes for April 23rd, 2021, here on Scuba Shack Radio. A month or so ago, a gentleman came by the dive shop to drop off his old gear as a donation. That's always interesting to see what type of vintage scuba gear might walk in. Well, this time we saw some old Sherwood and Aqualung tanks with some Farallon fins. Unfortunately, one was cracked, darn it. A BC and a couple of regulators. One of the regulators was a 1980s vintage Decor Pacer. I've already discussed Decor here on the show. But the second regulator was a Poseidon Cyclone, probably around the same vintage. It is pretty cool, and it also made me realize I didn't know anything about Poseidon or their regulators. So it was time for more research, and what I found was pretty fascinating. First off, Poseidon regulators come from Sweden. That's where the inventor, Ingvar Elstrom lived. Turns out, as a young man, Ingvar was fascinated by the underwater world and wanted to dive. But back in the late 1940s and early 50s, scuba equipment was not readily available and difficult to procure. So Ingvar did what a lot of the pioneers in diving did. He built his own regulator in his kitchen. I believe that was in around 1954. Also, right around this time, Ingvar formed a dive club and named it Poseidon. This first regulator was a double hose reg, and he named it the Poseidon Sr. In the same time frame, Ingvar teamed up with a couple of friends, Rolf Tistrad and Dennis Osterbahn to form a company to sell the Poseidon brand, and that company was originally called Aquasport. It was founded in 1958 in Gothenburg, Sweden, and it's still located there today. Now, according to the Poseidon website and Facebook page, they claim that they have produced the first single-hose regulator in the world, and that regulator was called the Cyclone Jr. I think I read that that was in 1958 as well. As we have seen, however, there was a lot going on at this time with Sam LaRuck at Sportsways and Dick Anderson at Healthways. We didn't have the instantaneous news reporting that we have today or the ability to readily share information, so hard to say exactly who was first. Being that Ingvor, Ralph, and Dennis lived in, and dove in Sweden, there was a need for thermal protection, so they branched out into wetsuits. Still, the need for warmth during uh, diving prevailed, and by 1963, Poseidon was contracted by the Swedish Navy to come up with a solution. That's where they came up with a neoprene dry suit that they called the Unisuit, and it is billed as the first gas-tight neoprene dry suit. I think that dry suit then became the commercially available jet suit. In addition to the new Cyclone single-hose regulator, Poseidon also upgraded their double-hose rag from the senior to the Poseidon Munan. By 1984, the company opened up a state-of-the-art manufacturing plant along with a massive, unique pool facility. Ingvar passed away in 1998 at the age of 70. But that did not mean that Poseidon was done innovating. Also, according to their website, the Poseidon 7 Plus rebreather was the world's first recreational rebreather. So Poseidon has been around for a really long time, over 60 years, and they are still a force. Believe it or not, they are still producing the Cyclone series of regulators, the Cyclone X, and they coupled that along with their Xtreme and Jetstream regulator offerings. They also still make the 7 Plus rebreather. Poseidon also manufactures BCDs and computers. On their product lines, they don't spell out wetsuits or dry suits, but they do have an online manual for their mission and one-suit wetsuits. Perhaps I will still need to do a little bit more research on this. I also have a bit of research to do on that Poseidon Cyclone that came into the shop. I am not sure of the exact model, I did pull the serial number, but have not yet been able to track it down. It was certainly before they used the alternate second stage, however, and it did have a a gauge console with a Farallon depth, pressure, and compass. Certainly an interesting piece. So, that's my look back at another early scuba equipment manufacturer, Poseidon from Sweden. Pretty interesting, and if you get a chance, go out and check out their logo. That's pretty cool, too. Our diving history is certainly very rich and varied. And I am often reminded of that with the Journal of Diving History, and When Old Equipment Finds Its Way into the Shop. When I see this stuff, I am really amazed at how far we've come and intrigued by where it came from and the people who made it happen. So, as we make our way to the end of April 2021, I want to again thank everyone for listening, and if you aren't already diving this year, hope that you'll get out there soon.